0: Assalamualaikum everyone so welcome to another episode so this episode is going to be a very, very interesting one we're going to talk about old things back home old things culture old things this old things that and i can guarantee you that a lot of the things that i'm going to talk about is going to correlate with you even if you're not from the same place that i am from because i've talked to lots of different people i have some friends that are bosnian i have people from everywhere that we all kind of agree on some of this stuff that is cultural and inshallah here You know, you can find yourself in this episode and I can help you. I'm playing with some fire uploading this episode because I know I'm going to get judgment. More specifically, cultural judgment. But I don't care. I Well, okay... It's not that I don't care. I was hesitant. Like, I thought all morning, I'm like, are you going to film this? Are you going to upload it? And I was like, that's the issue, though. Because everyone is so scared of the cultural judgment that they'll get. And that's exactly why some of these things go on. And no one gets to talk about it because of the cultural judgment that they'll get. And I already spoke too much on my podcast to take some some of the stuff I said back. So, I'm going to throw myself under the bus once again for you guys. And spill the real tea and say some stuff that people don't say. But I'm going to say it. Because it needs to be said. Let's talk with culture. Culture has amazing things. There's some amazing stuff about, you know, culture. We're not here doing culture slander. Let's start off with that. We're not here doing culture slander. I think all of us as an audience, like we all obviously know that culture, there's obviously some beautiful aspects to it. You know, there's beautiful things that make us us to a degree and there's beautiful concepts and origins for lots of those things. We all know that. We are not here saying anti-culture, boo. We're not doing that. But we already acknowledge that. What we all need to get on the same page on is the toxic traditions and the toxic culture and the issues that we see among family dynamics and whatnot, whatnot, abuse and all the things. And also trigger warning. I will probably talk about abuse in this episode. So if you can't handle that discussion, I'd recommend leaving because it's about to get triggery. Okay, so that's that. So with that being said, I'm not here disregarding and hating on cultures. I bet there are some cultural traditions that are beautiful, that align with Islam, whatever, but that's not what I'm here to talk about today. So let's start off with some light notes. I, alhamdulillah, am very grateful for who I am, what I am, whatever. This is not me saying that I'm ungrateful for what I am. I'm 100% confident and happy in my identity and who I am as an individual. So don't try to portray this and say, oh, she's just insecure about her culture. No. I'm just not afraid to speak about things that people try to make deem normal when it's not normal. So I am, I was born in the U.S. I was born in New York. My mom and dad were born in Pakistan and so was my older sister. My dad's from Lahore, my mom's from Sialkot, and that's always interesting. So to say the least, I think Lahore is so beautiful, but I just have not Been been there, like I went to that mall. I know y'all know. I I know y'all know what mall I'm talking about. It was Emporium. I don't even know. (laughs) I went to that mall. It was really pretty. They have very very beautiful lights there. I barely forgot what it says. But I we don't like explore Lahore like that. Um, we stay more in Sialkot. So I enjoy Pakistan thoroughly. I think it's very fun. I think that if you're surrounded with the right people, like the right family. Just chef's kiss, like it's it's a beautiful experience, you know, going on the chut every morning, mm-hmm. just all that fun stuff. Like it's 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 very cute. So those little street sellers, the hustle's real. Like they'll be carrying fruit, this, that, milk. Like it will be at your street in the mornings, and usually you could just grab whatever, right? But us as overseas Pakistanis, like I don't think we internalize how real that hustle is like to sit out there and to go out there with those big things of you know carrying all that fruit or milk or whatever you do like it's a lot of work so may Allah bless their business because it's not easy but let's be honest let's be honest waking up 6 a.m in the morning to hearing you want vegetables you want milk is not fun I remember when I went to Pakistan I just like it was it was the weirdest cycle for me Because this was around the time when I was super insecure and just super not feeling life. And I was like very, very young. I think I was in sixth grade, maybe, or seventh ish in the beginning. I don't know. But middle school years, I went back and I haven't been back since then. So I was super insecure, super, you know, ish. I was just not me at that time. Like I was not my full potential dynamic. Like when I go back this time around as 18, It's about to be a culture shock because now I can't keep my mouth shut. Like, I say what I say. I'm a lot more confident now. Alhamdulillah. And that's all through the learning of Islam that I feel like I got to that point. So if you're searching for confidence, I'd recommend knowing your creator because who can help you learn more about you? Except that, right? So I used to have a horrible habit of staying up all night. Now I'm literally a grandma. I go to bed at 10.30. If someone is texting you, if if it says that you're getting a text message from me past 10.30 that's some gin gin hours bro i wake at gin anything past 10 30 gin hours for me now like (laughs) after i entered my 11th grade year i was like i gotta fix my life i gotta fix my sleep schedule i gotta fix this like i would easily stay up to like 1 30 2 o'clock if i could even wanted to i could go till four like it was unhealthy i was not good either and so i fixed my sleep schedule i went from okay max hera 12 put the phone down at 12 okay then i went even more max hera no 11 if you Keep it after 11, watch, what, watch. don't do that. Then I kept going and going, and then I fixed it down to 10.30. And since it's summer, I have been kind of slipping up on the 10.30, but we're working on it, okay? So that helps a lot mentally as well. I recommend actually having a sleep time. I know that sounds childish. You're probably like, here, I'm not three years old, but do it. It really changes your life. So if someone's texting you from my phone past 10.30, it's gin hours. Be careful. I don't know who that is. It might be me. It might not be me. It's up for speculation. I'd be careful, literally my best friend she has this horrible habit of texting me all the time at like 11 and she's like why are you not picking up and like she'll video call me and like we'll constantly video call each other right but like she'll call me eight times in a row and i'm like girl it ain't me and so if i text her i'm like girl i'm sleeping she goes oh my god who's this texting because there's no way you're awake like it's just anything after 10 30 if i'm texting after 10 30 it's probably because i love you because i would not <laughs> no no mm-mm. besides the point since I was in Pakistan and I had that horrible sleep schedule, I used to suffer because of the mixed time path of the day, the night, the night, the day. And all night I used to just stay awake. Just stay awake. Just stay awake. I used to like go to the cabinets and like steal cookies and stuff. <laughs> not steal. I mean, they had it there for me. But I used to go eat the Pakistani cookies. or I used to go eat Oreos. Like I just could not sleep. Right? And then when Fajr used to come around, Oh my God, hearing the Adhan, chef's kiss. Best experience. I think that just hearing the Adhan five times a day just it's it does something to you bro when i used to hear teetan it felt so comfortable like my body used to be so tired and exhausted from staying up but like i used to pray fajr and then like just seeing everyone else also awake i don't know what that did to me i (tries) knocked out and i used to just fall back asleep and then i used to sleep for so long it was crazy but anyway my experience was just something else okay anyway One of the things that I think about culture that I was actually talking to my mom about yesterday, which made me think about posting this, because I also talked about this similar discussion in an episode that I filmed, and from like the talks, from what I've heard, it seems like something I should elaborate on. So, we were talking about sons. Duh. (laughs) Um... And if you know anything about Pakistani culture, I think just Middle East culture, period, where it's kind of like, you know, you have a son or it, nothing. You know, like it's no dot. The concept of a daughter, what's a daughter? We don't need that. It's son or nothing, right? And this mindset, alhamdulillah, people are starting to a little bit get out of it, but it's still a majority thing. Where I read this tweet the other day, which was, it was such a sad tweet, um, basically saying how some someone's uncle i guess was like oh you know so and so in the neighborhood had a baby but we're not gonna go visit it was something like that i forgot off the top of my head basically the whole tweet said there's no point in visiting because they had another baby that was that was the essential theme and i was like because it was a baby girl and i was like okay (laughs) okay so you know everyone was just retweeting and talking about how bad it was but i think that now especially after seeing that it makes me think that it's 2022, yet y'all are still obsessed with having sons as if as if it does something. I hate to say that, you know, because we have seen cases where mothers are diehard. I want a son. I want a son. I have a son and he does nothing except play video games for 10 hours straight. Rage, you know, fight with his little video game friends and do nothing. Is that what you want? And it's like, I get it. There's good... Dudes out there as well, I bet. And I bet that is a very, I bet that's typically what old parents want. They want that good son, but that good son needs raising. And if you raise that good son with the mindset of, well, you're a son, so you are just mm, amazing. You have, like, you're just the perfect human being. That's not raising. That's just filling into their narcissism. That's just filling into their arrogance. So, undeniably, I think that the Middle East culture raves and dies to have sons, but they are not actually ready to raise sons. And that's a hot take. And that's a hot take that if the aunties heard it, I would be six feet in the grave. But it's true. It's true. You want a son. You're dying for a son. You are, you know, neglecting all your daughters. I just want a son. I just want a son. You can't even raise a son. You can't. And I hate to say that because I'm not trying to undermine the amount of effort that goes, you know, from... A woman to woman just raising children and, you know, just family dynamic period. I get that. But if you are a woman who wants a son and you have no game plan on how you're intending on raising him. And the only thing you're doing is feeding into his narcissism. I think it speaks for itself. Because now what happens is lots of mothers raise their sons with, oh my God, you're the son that changed my life. Because after having a son, her husband started treating her better. Let's talk about that. Because now we're getting to some real-ish. I was talking to my mom about this yesterday, and she was saying how, unfortunately, heavy on the unfortunately, men learn to fix out their attitudes sometimes after a woman has a son. So that is why some women, hands and feet, are struggling so hard and work so hard just to have a son. So they can have the man fix out. Because once a man has a son, he has like this soft corner in the side of his brain that just, I don't even know, it just makes him turn different. And that's nothing new. We all know that. We all know that. I think if you're from Middle Eastern culture, like, you know that. That men, we've seen atrocious men change right when they found out that they're having sons. Which is why so many people and the older generation and, you know, everyone's grandmas, grandpas, and whatever, use a son as a landmark of fixing a man. They say, well, he's a little bit crazy. He's a little bit aggressive. He's a little bit like this. But, you know, itni not a as they kind of say. He's young. So... You know, just once you have a son and once you start having a family, he'll be fine. This is such an atrocious, disgusting, lopsided, broken, negative mind issue. (laughs) All the words I could think of. You know why? Because a man that you marry should not be contingent of his nature on whether you are able to have a son or not. And that's the exact same thing I told my mom. I said, mom, don't you think that it matters more of nature? Because a man's nature should not be swayed by whether you are able to have a son or not have a son. So a man's nature should already be good. It should already be a nice, kind, caring, soft, whatever nature, regardless of whether you bring a son or not. Because now when you are determining and making a man's behavior contingent on your ability to have a son you know what happens when you can't have a son you know who gets shoved in the bus you the women which sucks unfortunately heavy on the unfortunately and i'm a woman i'm saying that unfortunately but the more longer people continue to give in to these toxic traditions is the longer this will continue women like to marry men and think well once i have a son it will fix him out a man's nature should never be dependent on whether you can give him a son or not because when you can't give him a son you know who gets thrown under the bus? You. Then you get thrown under the bus. Then you get to become, oh, the worst wife in the world, and you're useless, and might I marry you? God forbid you have a daughter. Lord knows how horrible Pakistani culture is about having daughters because they like to act like they're okay with it, but in the deeps and the depths, the way that they are hateful of having daughters is mind-blowing. And to think that the Prophet, peace be upon him, and all of those that came before us Never cared about this type of stuff. They were never like, oh my god, a daughter? Let's just, now we know that the ignorant, we know the the Jahiliyas, they did that. (laughs) They were ready to bury their daughters. They did. They buried their daughters. But we know that those that are actually following deen, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. Don't try to paint it like they did. On top of that, they'll try to bring religion into the discussion and say, Oh, you know, we just want like a good son so he can continue on the legacy, so he can be a good Muslim, so he can, you know, represent Islam. Well, your daughter can do that, too. Your daughter can do that, too. Your daughter can change your life just as much you think a son can, really. And it just baffles me because, unfortunately, this mindset roots from women. Women, older women, people's grandmas, grandpas, grandmas, I'm sorry, have installed that mindset. People, sons, mothers have installed the mindset to their son that once they get married and have a wife, that wife should produce a son for that marriage to be a good marriage. And if she doesn't produce a son, leave her, abuse her, hit her, or get her to do it right. And it's sad because the majority of this comes from women. It comes from women who were treated poorly by their husbands until they produced a son. After they produced a son and their husbands started treating them right, they thought, oh my God, this is the hack. This is the hack. Now, when I have a son, I want his wife to give, you know, my son a son. So, she, so like that relationship could work. And then what they do is they also raise their daughters, telling their daughters that, listen, you get married, you got to give a son. That's the only way a man will fix out. And it's all because men don't know, back in the day, unfortunately, lots and lots of decades ago and even now, men didn't know how to treat their wives correctly and didn't give a flying crap about them until they had a son. Which is why it got passed down among women and among women that you need to have a son to be successful, you need to have a son to have a successful marriage, you need to have a son to have your quote-unquote quote, legacy go on. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And then what's even more sad is so many women struggle. They all go through that struggle of dealing with these toxic traditions. And then they pass it down to their daughters. Like, what's going on with your brain? Like, what makes you think that's okay? And it just baffles me. Because on top of that, we have mothers who teach their son that abuse is okay. Who say that, well, if your wife is acting up, Slap her across the face. She'll get put in her place. How are you a woman saying that? How are you a female saying that? Because I'm questioning. I'm questioning what you actually are. Because there's no way, as a woman, you can be okay with another woman getting beat. Yeah, I went there. There's no way you could be okay with that. And so the way that I've seen how... Mothers tell their sons, Sheena, after I slap her across the face and women with literally big purple, like hand marks across her face, bleeding, you know, swollen because these sons were raised by their mothers hearing that it's okay. And on top of that, let's not act like it's all the mother's fault. It's the son's fault. It's also the man's fault. How ignorant are you? How ignorant are you? How did you go to school for this many years and you still don't know that, you know, abuse is not allowed in Islam? How did you, that that abuse is not even right. Like, you don't even need to go to school for that. You don't even need to, like, get an education for that. That's basic common sense. But you know, like, all these mothers, they want to be proud about their son's degree. My, my son is this, my son is that, my son's a doctor, my son's this. He makes this much money, yet he has no basic education, yet he has no basic human decency to know that he can't slap a woman. So what education did you give him? Because it doesn't seem like you gave him the right one. Because him being a doctor ain't going to do nothing for the wife. Because at the end of the day, finances may be right, but he going to slap her across the face, she probably still will end up leaving. And then those mothers want to cry out the loudest saying, oh my god, my son's home is destroyed. You know, that girl was such a, you know, horrible words insulting her that she decided to leave her abusive son. Because it's her job, right? She's apparently his slave and she has to sit here and deal with his bullcrap because he doesn't know how to act right? Bye by like if you are putting your son out on the market to get him married you better make sure he's ready to get married you better make sure he knows what islam says and doesn't say don't tell me that he's a doctor and that he makes lots of money because anyone can do that matter of fact i can do that so don't talk to me about that and that's exactly why i get so annoyed and just aggravated and to my bone just i just want to like what what goes through your brain What goes through your brain? What makes you think that's okay? And to the women that raise their sons, telling their sons that you can hit your wife if she acts out, or you can do this, or you could do that, or those toxic mother-in-laws that cause problems between the husband and the wife. Women, grow up. Grow up. And more importantly, I don't want to say this, because we are all liable to a degree. We've all committed sins. But man, I want, you know you're going to have to, you're going to, you're going to have to answer Ella for that one. Every single time you sat there raising your son, saying to your son, or allowing your son to hit his wife across the face. Matter of fact, I know households where the mother is very actively alive and present. And she sees the way her sons slap their wives, abuse their wives, neglect their wives' rights. And instead of talking to them, helping them, teaching them, she roots them on. She says, good job, mashallah, she'll be fixed now. I swear, like, you must forgot that you were going to meet Allah. <laughs> May Allah protect us because we can all at one point slip up and, you know, forget the fact that we are liable and questionable for lots of things. But there is no way. I. There is no way you know that you're going to meet Allah. That you are going to have to be questioned for your actions. And you know what's even more unfortunate? When the mothers die and they never corrected their son's behavior. And their son, of course, is ignorant and doesn't want to correct his own behavior. That generational trauma, that abuse lives on even after you're six feet in the grave. So you raised your son telling your son, oh, hit your wife if she doesn't act right. You died. But now your son is constantly hitting his wife every other month, every other weekend. Now she's having kids. He's slapping his wife in front of the kids. He's abusing his wife in front of the kids. Now the kids are seeing this. Now they have trauma. Now they're crying themselves to sleep. Now they feel like they just don't want to live. They're suffocating their tears under their blankets. You see how much of a damage you caused? And you think you're doing something right. And these mother-in-laws, they think they're so big and bad. And, oh, I know the right thing. And I'm older than you. So I'm telling you, right. Let me tell you one thing. Age don't bring wisdom. I'm just saying. Age, yes, there's certain things that you learn through age. But age ain't all about wisdom. It really ain't. I've met some people, quadruple my age. And they've been saying things that I'm like, there's no way you're saying that. There is no way you're saying that. So trust me. Age, to a degree, yeah, it has its own wisdom that it brings. But age is not all about wisdom. It's not all about, oh, knowledge comes with age. It comes with discipline. It comes with how much you want to learn. It comes through experience. So don't tell me that. I hate when people tell me that. I've went through that so much where people tell me, well, are you sure you're even qualified enough to talk? Are you sure you even know what you're talking about? Because you were only 16. You're only 17. You're only 18. And I'm like, really? Really? Because you are 25 telling me that, yet you don't have enough knowledge or wisdom to know that knowledge and wisdom, to a degree, yes, maybe some things come with age and experience, but that doesn't mean it can't be learned. That doesn't mean it can't be brought forth. More often than not, so many of these households mess up because of the mother-in-laws. That's my opinion. Because the mother of the son never initially raised her son correctly. Now her son, who's 22, 23, he don't, he don't care. He don't want to change. He lived his life. He did what he did. Now he's gonna, he's gonna take whoever he is now and move on with it. And unfortunately, let's be honest, among culture, this concept of growing as a human being is not too common. Becoming a better person, not too common. You are who you are and you are who you are. That's it. Like this concept of becoming a better person is just not vast in culture because people will not let you live it down. If you were someone who did haram stuff 10 years ago and you decided today that you're going to become covered, you're going to become a niqab, you're going to do hijab, you're going to follow the deen, you're going to follow that, you repented for your sins unless forgiven you, culture won't let you live it down. Oh, you were naked yesterday. Look at you today. What are you doing today? That's the thing about culture. Culture don't want to see you grow. Culture don't want to see you get better. And so when women and even men are trying to change their ways, culture says, oh my God, they're going through phase. They're going through something. They're not mentally okay. No, I just refuse to sit in the same place with the same toxic traditions and do the same things that y'all have been doing for decades and justify it as okay. What's even more worse is when I see men justify abuse through Qur'an ayahs and say, well, Allah says in this ayah that you can abuse. No, he did not. You're representing a very big misunderstanding of those Qur'an ayahs. I highly encourage you to go and learn what those actually mean because it is so sad when I see people, you know, say that you can abuse and hit women because it says it here in in the Qur'an. And I remember growing up. And whenever I used to hear stuff like this, it made me actually turn away from the Quran. It made me turn away from religion. Like I prayed, I did, I read the Quran, whatever, but I was so terrified of my life to actually Google and actually do research on whether Islam allows you to beat women or not. Because I knew that if the answer was yes, I'd go berserk and that I would not be able to stay in Islam. And I was like, how can a religion that promotes peace, that is all this and that and that allows you to hit women? How can a religion that is so, you know, talking about adab and akhlaq and this and that allow that? Because that's insane. How can you express your, you know, physical power and authority over a woman? Like, hit her and abuse her and whatnot. Like, how is that allowed? And I never wanted to know because I just felt like if I did know, like, I would go off on a deep end. And when I grew up, and I think I turned, like, maybe... Sixteen, seventeen. like I did the end, I just, I went, and I was like, Hera, if it is, it is, it. if it isn't, it is whatever, you know, and then I started to do my end of research, and I was like, hold on, Islam says that you can't, hit. no, that's not allowed, the Prophet peace be <laughs> upon him never did that, the Quran says, people who use the Quran ayah saying, oh, well, it says here that you can, you know, strike and hit your woman, they represent a very misunderstanding of the ayah, very big, and now that I studied tafsir, and I have been for the past, like, eight to nine years, very big misunderstanding, very and it's very sad to see the fact that majority of the people who do know about this don't talk about it because they just want to stay silent and allow it to slide. And on top of that, it's even more sad when you try to correct people and they want to take it off on the deep end and say to you that, oh, don't, don't try to act all religious in front of me. Don't try to act all holy in front of me. Don't try to tell me what the Quran says. I'm older than you. I know what I'm talking about. Well, if you're older than me, then why are you allowing things that you could have discovered on your own were not allowed? Well, clearly, you didn't do a good job on your research, did you? So it's just, I, It boils me because unfortunately happens in all cultures and it's just this concept, this mindset of you need a son to be successful, you need a son to do this, you need a son for that. It's just sad. And you know, I was talking to my mom about how I genuinely believe that to a degree it matters more about the nature because I know a young couple who has two sons and the husband's giving a very, very difficult time. Two beautiful, healthy, beautiful, beautiful, cute sons. Living in their own house. Have their own everything. Like they're doing good. But the husband's not happy. Him and his nature is kind of problematic. So is it really all about the sons and i told my mom and i was like i just feel like now with the upcoming generation like the men that have common sense know that it's not about having a son like they know, as a human being their nature and them as individuals have to work to become better far before a son far before a wife far before any of that because they're going to prioritize themselves mom was like yeah that's true but unfortunately whether it's old generation or new generation those men that have that mindset are still lurking and they'll still be around and unfortunately they'll forever will be around because these are traditions that are not broken and she's right. Which is why I think lots of women are also hesitant about marrying men back home. Because if you know one thing about Pakistani parents, is that a lot of them don't actually prefer Muslim men here. Because when they know of what they are like, and if they are, you know, into drugs and this or that, or they're just haywire, your parents, it's unlikely for them to let you get married to them. So, majority of the time, the arranged marriage situation goes back home it goes i'm I have a daughter living in the u s and she needs a husband so what happens is unlike all cases where you're gonna meet a bunch of people, some people are only gonna be interested in the coming to the u s but unfortunately i've no you know it's it's actually kind of it's not funny it's it's shocking if anything I feel like the men that I've seen try to use women or the women that I've seen try to use men to come to the u s like just to you know come. Um, because they think that they're going to like, you know, that's it. Like, this is like the epitome. Um, I've actually seen them suffer and hate the U S I've seen men who try to use women to come to the U S and like, you know, get a passport, get a whatever here. I've seen them actually suffer and hate the U S. Because they had this false perception of the U.S., that the U.S., like, money just grows on trees and everything's perfect and amazing here. Then when they came here and they realized how much hard work it actually is and how devastating and lonely it actually is, they actually end up hitting the U.S. and some of them actually go back home themselves. So I think that those that are passport chasers, they they learn their own lesson on their own. Because when you come here and you realize it's nothing like you think it is, maybe you're going to learn yourself. You're going to take a one-way ticket back. No worries. Not to mention, I also think that you can just tell in their nature, but that's besides the point. You will meet men who will still follow those toxic traditions. And sometimes your family will force you to marry those types of men. Now, we all know that marriages that are forced in Islam, not allowed. But unfortunately... More often than not, it happens where they will try to force you to marry a man who keeps those same toxic traditions and they will label him as a very Sharif Admi. Uh huh. I bet y'all heard that before. A very innocent, good, kind man because he keeps those beliefs. But since your parents never broke out of those toxic traditions and those toxic beliefs, they think that men and, you know, men that may be 22, 23 that also keep those beliefs are good men no and so unfortunately some women will get forced to marry those type of men now you're stuck with a dude like that and it's like how much of him can you fix and in my opinion it's not a woman's job to fix a man here's the thing i think that a woman can fuel a man in the best ways i think that she could change his life i think that a marriage can benefit so many different things if it's the right person if that person is equivalently interested in growing like it's going to be amazing, right? Like You could both help each other become the best you and just have that one person that's always taking out and caring for you as well. But if you're stuck with someone who wants to stay in a flat mindset and you are in a growth mindset and you constantly want to grow, 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 he's going to get aggravated of you, irritated to the core. He's going to hate you. And that's just the experience that I've seen with so many places where they just get aggravated because it's like, you want to become a better person. You want to grow and you want them to grow too, but they don't want to. So, you know, that's why that matters a lot too. So unfortunately, I also do take the belief that yes, a woman, a woman can change a man, but it's not her job to change a man so the way that uh, culture makes it seem like it's her job like she's moving out of her parents home to start working full employment on this man to fix this man to fix his issues to fix his trust issues to fix his psycho psychological issues to fix the fact that he thinks abuse is okay and what is this a group project a startup we not here no no No. A marriage is equivalently for the woman as it is for the man. And so this mindset that the woman has to come and sacrifice and leave her beautiful life back home just to go work on this thing like it's a startup group project. No. No. That's a why. Like, why should she do that? Now, it's one thing if, you know, both of them are interested in growing and becoming better people. You fix, you know, maybe a weakness in someone else. They fix the weakness in you. You guys help each other. Fine. No problem. No issue. That's beautiful. But... When you're giving someone who's abusive, toxic, manipulative, a cheater, disloyal, unloyal, all of those words, just red flag, red blanket in one, and you're telling the wife, we'll oh, fix it. Why? Why shouldn't she? Why should she? What's her fault? What's her punishment? What's her punishment? What did she do to deserve this? And then, you know, obviously... Among culture, if you get a divorce, they make it seem like it's the worst thing in the world and like, you know, obviously divorce is not it's not ideal, it's not amazing, it's not the best thing. But sometimes you have to do it and you have to get out of those situations because abuse and all those things are not right. Allah does not need you to stay in those situations. People stay in those situations saying, Oh, it's a spiritual sacrifice and you know, and shall be rewarded, Jannah. I mean, Allah knows best, but really Allah does not like oppression and you being beat down every single day and abused is oppression. You being whipped every single day is an oppression. It's not fair. It's not fair. And you don't deserve that. And you know you don't deserve that. But so many women have lost their sense of worth living with men like that because they've spent their entire life trying to fix men like that. And you can't fix a man like that. You can't fix an abuser. You can't fix a manipulator. You can't fix a cheater. You can't. Now, I know that some people say, well, the phrase of once a cheater, always a cheater is not accurate because you can cheat and become a better person. My take is if you had the bag and you fumbled it, that's not you. You should have never done that because you should have known better you should have seen the value before you should have seen the worth before on the first stroke there's couples that i see on tiktok that are like oh our marriage survived through cheating by the grace of the lord oh to me good for you that's great but in my opinion i don't understand how that's just my take because i get it that there's some marriages where cheating happens and then you know it fixes out and it's just amazing and y'all are like super in love and you have kids and like it really goes on the right route okay i get it it's a case, I, in my opinion, less than 1%, but I just don't see that being ideal because I just feel like you're never going to be able to 100% trust that person. And love without trust is just games. That's you can love someone, care for someone, you know, be on amazing terms with their family, be married and have kids. But if you don't trust them, You're playing games. Because trust is the one thing that's going to keep things intact. Because when stuff goes out of the roof, you need trust to bring it back down. And if there's no trust, it don't matter how much you love someone. You can love someone and still decide to leave. You can love someone and still decide that I don't trust you or that I think you did something wrong because, well, there was no trust. So equivalently, trust is important. Maybe even more because love is not everything. People say, well, love is everything. Like, trust is also just as important and maybe even more so just saying and so it's so sad when i see you know these women being forced to stay with men who sleep with prostitutes and then they're like well give it time give it but you know he's young okay and is she not young she's like 21 she could go out and live her best life she can go out there get a degree have fun go travel like she could is she not young does she not deserve to live it's just this whole this whole concept that we have among our cultures of you know just sacrificing the woman like she's a goat like it's just no this whole little kurbani of women Mm-mm. and if you look at the lives of the prophets peace be upon all them and especially Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him and how he treated his wives like despite of all the things that Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him went through never was he like that to his wives ever. And it's like it baffles me and then it's like this culture is just ruining it it's ruining everything and it's not just like pakistani culture i'm pakistani but it's not just that i've seen this happen in lots of other cultures lots of other cultures this is not just a pakistani culture thing but this this mindset is just it's gonna screw people over and it's just stop stop raising your sons and making them think that they are the most holiest girl on the planet stop having you know, teaching abuse and making it seem like it's righteous. There's so many things that we have to got to stop doing. And it starts off with actually understanding Islam. And people are not doing that. The other thing on top of that, that like I know so many stories of this where... Like I said, to prove a point, it's really the nature of a man. It doesn't necessarily matter about the children because these women who had men who did not love them until they got a son clearly were very shallow men. Be careful of shallow love. Love that just comes from a deep end of I want what I want. You give me what I want. You give me a son. I love you. You look rich, pretty, made up, and stunning. And you know, you have your hair done every day and you have a full face of makeup done every day and I love you. But be. Stay away from that shallow love, that shallow love of, well, you do something, you act like this, you are like this, then I love you. It's not unconditional. So whatever, but a lot of it was shallow love and a lot of these older generation women don't actually realize it was shallow love and now they pass that crap on. But to talk about something else for a second, I know a family where the order of having kids was it was daughter, then it was a son, then they had a daughter, and then they had another daughter, so three daughters, one son, and when they had their first daughter, obviously they tried again, okay, they had a son, great. So now they tried again, and I guess, in hopes they're expecting there'll be another son, but they had a daughter, and that was fine. but the last child that they were trying with, I guess they were trying to get it even even two daughters, two sons, since they had two daughters already and they wanted one more son, so it could be even even, they tried again, and they had a daughter, and when they had that daughter the the dad's mom sitting screaming on the top of her lungs what are you going to do with this many daughters what are you going to do with her like what was the point of her and what are you going to do with this and what are you going to do with that to the degree that sometimes even the mom said well i didn't necessarily need her she was just like if i had her i had her if i didn't i didn't i'd be fine either way but the dad was very adamant on her he was always don't say that don't talk about my daughter like that she's just as important to me she's valuable to me as a son would have been and maybe even more she matters to me don't talk about her like that he will he does anything and everything for her if she tells him t- says in at like 3 a.m like i want to eat chocolate he will go out to the store and buy her food like he is in love with his daughters which is beautiful mashallah but his mom hysterical when she was born so after having a daughter a son a daughter in hopes of having another son they had a daughter the father's mom went psychotic and she said what's the point of this we didn't need her we don't want her what's the need of her what are you gonna do with this many daughters what are you gonna do with them like you know all this and that that same daughter that they all talk crap to became the proof of their legal marriage in the u.s and helped them move here So it's very interesting to me when I see people talk like this and say, well, what was the use of you giving a daughter? What was the use of you having a child? What was the use of you keeping this daughter? But I want you to turn around and say that to your Lord. And I want to see how you could do that. Because I'm I'm convinced anyone who has a little bit of fear of Allah in them won't do that. Because Allah creates and blows the root and just all these things and every single human being for a purpose. I don't think that any child is a mistake, quote, quote. I actually... So when my mom and my dad had my sister back in Pakistan and my sister, she she gave them a really hard time, a really hard time, she cried so much. She cried so much that people thought that there was like an actual issue with her and you know, all of that. And then after they moved to the US, they decided that, okay, we're gonna have a son. So in attempts of having a son after moving to the US, they had me. Yeah, it was not looking good, bro. It was not. <laughs> Uh, It was not looking good. It was not looking good, bro. It was not looking good. I mean, I know obviously, like, there was some disappointment that surfaced. Like, I've talked to my mom now. Like, I'm 18 now. So, it's like, you know, talking about this, it's like, whatever, you know. But I I know there's just some disappointment that surfaced. And I also know that, you know, there's probably some disappointment that surfaced back home for a second daughter. And I guess there was lots of expectations that I would be a son. But I wasn't. And I remember my sister she told me as a joke like as a joke in elementary like in my elementary days oh well you know you're supposed to be a boy right like mom and dad wanted a son and i just took that and i ran with it and so a lot of my elementary school years i did actually think what would life be like if i was a boy like would life be different would my situations be different like what? How would I have gotten treated? Now I can't lie, Alhamdulillah, my parents treated me perfectly. They never disregarded the fact that just because I was a daughter, that I was not worth. You know what I'm saying? But like, um, I, I I thought about it quite a lot, and now that I'm 18, I'm older. I can confidently say that you don't need a son to be successful. You just need your deen, you need Islam, you need that, and that is what will grant you success in this life and the next. But to prove a point, especially culturally, I feel like now more than ever, it's my job to prove that you do not need a son to feel like you've made it. Now though, I troll my family and I'm always like, am I not your favorite child? Am I not? Do I not deserve child of the year award? Like, Look, look at this. But that's besides the point. That's just as a light joke, nothing serious. But I think that now, like especially with where I stand in life, I feel like it's made me learn so much about how valuable and how important it is to recognize that it is not a son or a marriage or any of that that makes you successful. It's about the deen that makes you successful in this life and the next. And when you choose to abide by it and follow by it, it is when things get better and it's when things like these cultural issues get better as well. But yeah, that's some of my hot takes, because I can talk about this forever. There's so many the things to say when we do talk about this. Because unfortunately, it happens so often, and sometimes it's even hidden. Like, you don't even know that this person's like that, and then they come out to be like that. But for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, in the nature of a human being, you should always see the want of Islam and the want of becoming better in it. You know, because lots of people can... Say on the surface that, yeah, I want to become best, amazing, great human being ever, but not a lot of people are willing to work towards it. And I think that you really do see that with the way that some people hustle for themselves and they show up for themselves. Showing up for yourself is very important. And inshallah, God wills. I hope I can talk about that one day also. But on a real note, I'm going to give you all some serious advice. Everyone is going to support you and tell you to recognize your worth and raise your standards until it starts interrupting with the way that they want to treat you. So if they want to manipulate you and now your boundaries are starting to recognize your worth and your value and it's interrupting the way that they are treating you, it becomes an issue. Then the conversation starts shifting towards you're such an arrogant person or you're a narcissist. Not really. There's a difference between being an arrogant person and a narcissist and knowing your boundary and knowing your worth and knowing what you will and won't take from people. So if your parents or your family and just period are forcing you back to go do toxic traditions, face and take up abuse, tell you that you're responsible and liable for fixing a grown man, that's a boy. Let's start there. That's a boy. When they be like, oh, he's a grown man. You a grown 22 year old, a grown 25, 26 year old. Dude, these are grown men. You Are you understanding me? Grown Men that are requiring you to sit here and baby them like they're infants. Those are boys. Don't tell me likewise. Those are boys. Like I said, age don't always bring wisdom. Those are boys. Okay? Talking about some, that's my husband, no child. Mm -mm. I'm, I'm afraid not. You treating him like he's your son. Okay? Hate to say that, but that's what it seems like. You are equivalently... Bound and worthy of being in a successful situation just as much as they are, us women deserve good things. Don't let a man who can't give you good things tell you you don't deserve good things and when a man comes forth himself and says that he doesn't deserve you or he can't do it right for you and like you know he's not the one for you, listen to him, run, run. it's like someone's putting it right in front of you, like if someone straight up says to you like "I don't think I'm good enough for you, okay, cool thanks. Bye. Leave. 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 Don't stay. Don't stay. Because I promise you, they will prove to you how they're not good enough for you. So listen to them on the first shot. And when your parents and your family are trying to throw you back into toxic traditions, know what Islam says. Because Islam doesn't allow those things. So try to stand your ground. Try to know your words. Try to know your boundaries. And don't stay with an abuser. Don't stay with those people that are going to try to hurt you in every way, shape, or form. It's important that we talk about these things. But at the same time saying, oh, you know, speak up against all of that. It's not easy. It's not easy. Because people like to sit here and say, oh, speak up against this. And, you know, r- use your voice. And you You should. But we have to be also open and honest about the fact that so many women rely on men financially or they can't leave him because then they're going to get abused or they're going to end up you know, in a bad financial spot. And it's just, there's so much that goes to it. So it's not necessarily always easy to use your voice and speak up, but always remember what Islam tells you. And always remember that when you have Allah by your side, no one can hurt you. So don't fear these people. Don't fear the people that try to oppress you in the name of religion. Don't fear these people that try to that tried to misquote quran ayahs and slap them across your face in an attempt to use that as a way to abuse you it's not right learn what islam says learn it right and don't allow these things to pass on to other people but anyway if y'all enjoyed this episode let me know because i could totally you know me i can go on a tangent i got more to say but i think this episode's going to quite long and i have to edit this so I'll cut it off here hope you have a great rest of your day As-salamualaikum.